Hey, thank you to Helix for sponsoring this podcast. Adam has had his Helix mattress for almost a year now, and he's loving it. It's it's actually hard to get him up. In fact, he won't stop talking about it. You'll understand what we mean when he goes into detail. Thank you for the detail, Adam, later on the episode. But for now, we want to tell our listeners about a special deal going on. Our Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and... As if that's not enough, two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet, and I'll bet it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Now I'm happy. Welcome to Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, the comedy advice podcast that's like your GPS to life in the 21st century. I'm Adam Felber, pointing us in the direction of sanity. And now, please welcome the woman who resolutely points us in the opposite direction, Paula Poundstone. Thank you very much. Welcome, Paula Poundstone, and also thank you to tonight's house band, accordionist Alexi Chebluk. Chebluk. Chubbuck, Alexi yes. Chubbuck, on the accordionator. Oh my gosh, yes. it was great. He sure is. Uh, Alexi, did you find this? How was it hard to find the place? Yeah, I use GPS. I use GPS. I use GPS every time I've come here, and I don't know how many times I've come here, and every time it tells me something slightly different. Well, it, it's it's um, not a really well known part of the world here. North Hollywood is, a lot of North Hollywood is explored, but I feel like this is still kind of on the frontier. This in is... fact, on my way here to, to beautiful Ray Horseman Studios um, in North Hollywood, California, I passed that car alarm place on the corner. Yeah. And it was being robbed. Was it? <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm not making that up. There were like alarms going off. <laughs> like, well, but not like car alarms, like, like burglar alarms. But that's it. That's how would how they would advertise for themselves right. is Look, to play yeah. the alarms. Right? No, they don't. Yeah. That's not advertising. But you didn't see anybody in there like beating somebody with a. <laughs> I didn't stop. I just kept pedaling yeah. on. Oh, yeah. oh right, because you were on your bike. I was on my bike. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did you get an alarm for that bike? No. Oh, I could have stopped off there and probably gotten one for free through the broken bell? window. Do you have a bell? Do you have a ching, 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 ching? Do you have a bell? My bell is actually non-functional right now. But you do have a bell. I do have a oh, bell. Oh, that is adorable. <laughs> it's broken, though. Yeah. The man with all that knowledge riding through the streets. Ching, 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 ching. Yeah. Yeah. All that knowledge. Yeah. It's just slightly more than you have. No, no, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I defer to you. Well, Paula, this show is all about giving advice about issues that are of burning importance, uh, specifically to you. So... Let's go to it. What piece of advice do you have to kick off our show this week? Always use a paper calendar, like a real calendar, not your silly, stupid, flat thing smartphone. Use a real calendar because writing things down, just the act of handwriting helps you remember the thing you wrote down. And never write anything in your calendar in pen because the minute you write it in pen, it gets canceled. Just cancel. You always got to use pencil. Like if you're trying to make a doctor's appointment and you call up and, and they say, you know, 10 o'clock Tuesday, the 25th, you go, great. And then if they hear you writing in pen, they'll right. go, is that pen? Are you writing in pen? Yeah. And if you say yes, then they go, he's not available at 10 o'clock Tuesday. Wow. Yeah. All of a sudden they'll say that. They will just say that. <laughs> exactly. You can't, you always got to use pencil So you have a, a wall calendar and you write in pencil. No, I don't. Well, I have. A, I do have a wall calendar, but no, I'm talking about the kind that was like a notebook. It sort of folds out, 
And I, you know, I don't need any cute pictures on it, but just it kind of folds out so I can see a whole month. It sounds like at you're talking time. about it all in the past tense, like you no longer have one. No, no, no. I've uh, I've counted. That's how I plan. Uh, uh, nobody listens to Paula Poundstone. Really? Oh, absolutely. Because I got the impression that all of us, Bonnie and Ken and you and me, and I, I got the impression that we're all planning it online on that app Trello. That's part of it, but no, I have to write in my. If I know, if I'm not, when my kids were little and they would say, um, "Can you take me to blah blah blah?" or "Can you pick me up early on this day or that day?" I would say to them, "I go, you know what? If you don't see me write it in my calendar when you're telling me, then that's the same thing as not telling me." Wow. Yeah. Okay, you yeah. have some rules. Sometimes. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, you'll only get that kind of insight here. So here's the lineup for today's show. Paula is going to be asking wilderness survival instructor Thomas Coyne what to do if you encounter a bear. Is there a better response than shitting your pants? And then we'll talk with Sarah Polinsky, an attorney specializing in estate planning and elder law, about how to make out a will. I like how those things go together. Yeah. You know, like if you don't respond well to the bear, then you need that will. You're going to want that will exactly. before you go hiking, so really. It wasn't, we didn't mean it to be a theme show, but it did just sort of work out that way. Right. Yeah. Now, let me just say, usually we have the um, guests for the show sitting in the studio with us, but what I can't help noticing is Thomas Coyne isn't this, here. Yes. Uh, appar- <laughs> apparently, our survivalist did not make it. Yeah, so far. We don't know. And, and I we think this know. underscores what we've been saying about this neighborhood, doesn't it? Yeah. And our producer, <laughs> Tony, has uh, called him and left a number of messages. She says all she can hear is a growling noise. Yeah. And coming from out under a hubcap about a block down the street. Yeah. You know what? There's this one time I parked um, like about a block away, but through an alley. And as you walk through the alley, there's just all these mattresses. And it's not a mattress store. No. No, they're just mattresses. They're not even well-maintained mattresses. No. It's so not they, like no, somebody's running a, ma- a mattress business out of an alley. No. Okay, don't tell anybody this because we don't want to make people angry in the neighborhood and have them after us. But we did bring a, a friend of ours tonight to work as a, a security guy. Yes, Ken, Ken, Ken Lezebnik's son, yeah, right? It's yeah, it's Ben, ben Lezebnik. Ben Lezebnik is muscle tonight. Hey, when his father mentioned it to him, he said, I'll do it, Dad. He said, because I've I worked out today, yeah. and also I watched The Sopranos. So he felt... That that made him prepare. So well, he's been working out every day. He says. Oh, so, he's so been that's working what he's out every day. Doing with the summer. Oh. I think he works out, then watches The Sopranos, maybe simultaneously. Yeah. Um, we could ask him, but he's not here. He's not here either. <laughs> he's, he's. He went out to find our survivalist and hasn't returned yet. Honestly, <laughs> this is this is going to be the Thai cave boys all over again. It really. Is. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ben, uh, Ben, we should say just graduated from a liberal arts college, so he should be able to handle himself on the mean streets of North Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, really nothing is a stronger background for security uh, and street life than a liberal arts <laughs> <laughs> college education. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, so um, our dwindling party continues. Then this is almost like a yeah. slasher movie from the nineties because uh, yeah, there were supposed yeah. to be a certain number of us, and no, no, wow. we're, yeah, and then there were none. Right. Um. All right. Nobody drink because and nobody go make out behind the building. Yeah, don't go to the bathroom, no matter what you do. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to call an audible and say that we're going to put uh, uh, the late Thomas Coyne on hold for now as our first guest. Yeah, and, and survivalist get to the estate plan. Survivalist Thomas Coyne uh, yes. will be delayed. Right uh, in his <laughs> right now, he's in quicksand somewhere. Yeah. Trying to uh, <laughs> you, you use think his technique. Get into more 
dust-ups than other people? I think they probably do because they're testing out their theories about how to get by. Okay, and given that, um, let's just assume that our survivalist has uh, passed on and get to our second guest. What do you say? Yeah. (laughs) Our second guest first. Our second guest first. Yes. Yeah, our second guest. And let's keep a good thought about our first guest. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, exactly. I guess that was... uh, a little untoward of me. Yeah. If anybody yeah. happens to be listening to their podcast while walking past a well, yell down there. <laughs> See if you can find Mr. Coin. Yeah. Um, oh, Thomas Coin. <laughs> Thomas Coin, are you down there? You're late for your podcast. <laughs> um, all right, but let's see what Thomas should have done to prepare for um, his ultimate journey that he now appears to be on. Yeah. Uh, Paula, what, what do you know about wills? You got wills? Your parents had wills? My, what? Pa- my parents had a will, and they kept it in the, I'm, I'm not making this up, uh, they kept it in the butter dish in the refrigerator, and we used to ask them why, and uh, they said because the refrigerator wouldn't burn in a fire, which is apparently how they planned to go out, and... Uh, <laughs> That's all well and good, but every time we made toast, we thought, Mom and Dad might die. Uh, so <laughs> it was, you know. It was yeah, a double-edged br- sword. Brought kind of a downer yeah. to, like, yeah, movie night with popcorn. Right. Do you want butter? Exactly. Nah. <laughs> Where did they keep their butter? Uh, with the it will? It was in there. It was sort of, the will was sort of folded up in that little, you know, the little butter it's, section it's of the refrigerator the door. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was just, it was looming behind the butter. Maybe it was a way of reminding you to, you know, keep that cholesterol down. Yeah. Uh, you know. Do you really need that butter? No, probably right, not. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but, uh, yeah, so uh, that's, uh, and I don't know if I recommend that. I'm not It sh- sounds sensible. In fact, I, I uh, saw our next guest, our second, now first guest, yeah. nodding as you said that. Y- you mean the one who survived? The surviving guest yeah. um, was nodding. And let, let, me, let me introduce her. So let's find out how to prepare for death. Please welcome attorney Sarah Polinsky. <laughs> Uh, Sarah, welcome to Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. Hey, Sarah. And so you were nodding. Let's start with the butter dish thing, because you were nodding. Is that a good idea, keeping the will in the butter dish? I don't know that it's a good idea, but I have old school clients who insist that the best place to keep all of their important papers is in the refrigerator or the freezer, because if there's a fire, the refrigerator won't burn down. Oh, wow. So that that was an utterly sensible thing your parents were doing. My parents did a sensible thing. I think it might also have been so that there was easy access and they could just, you know, write us out. You, you know, as opposed to going to the lawyer, they could just right. cross out, you know, right. now you're oh, down I'm to... I'm mad at Paula. I'm right, going to go exactly. get a snack and write her out of the yeah, will. Yeah, can't now do you're that. down to 200. You, you want to do, do the that. dishes wait, or not? Wait a minute. Oh, Sarah you can't, says you do, can't that? do that? Can't just cross out a word or a name in a will and oh, put is a that new true? one. You need a notary, right? No. Actually, wills in California have to be witnessed by two witnesses, not notarized. It's oh. one of the common signing mistakes about wills. Okay, oh, so, so that's California. So in California, people would go to a notary thinking they're doing the right thing, and then they kick, and nobody gets what they're supposed to get because they didn't have the two witnesses. That's right. Is this written down anywhere, Sarah? In the California probate code. In the California probate. And who doesn't go to bed at night without reading the California probate code? Well, I do. I keep it in my butter dish. Yeah. California probate code. Code, yeah. uh, Always. So, Sarah, um, let me ask you something about Wills. How realistic was the Aristocats? 
I not, didn't see the aristocrat. You didn't see the aristocrat? Oh I did it. I saw the pained expression in your face. Yeah, I I'm believe sorry. I told you that wasn't that's a good question. question. That's my first question. No, that's not a first question. The it, first question. It was technically the first no, question. No, it was not the first question. The first question was for Thomas Coyne. Where the hell is he? <laughs> I was going to say to Thomas Coyne, how realistic is the aristocrat? Oh, I see. <laughs> yeah. So skip ahead in your yeah. script. Thomas Coyne is right now being uh, attacked by alley cats. Right. <laughs> Um, Be- uh, because he, because they they know that he uh, he's already finished writing his will to them. That's right. right. So Sarah, let me give you a a, a real question. It was an, it, that was a real question. It's just should... she didn't see the movie. Oh yeah. You well, know, Sarah. I believe if you're that's not exactly gonna do your the homework. <laughs> the whole Aristocats movie, Sarah, um, uh, and you know, eventually you're gonna make a play of it. Um, it's the whole the, the it turns on these on a will that a rich woman has written for her cats. I don't see how you become an estate planner without being very familiar with the Aristocats. Now, let's let's move on to the subject of wills and leave animated inheriting cats behind for a minute. Um, what is the subject when of should wills? one start estate planning? That's a great when question. When they're kittens. <laughs> <laughs> Not going to let that go at all, are you? All right, so when should one start estate planning? <laughs> well... You know, estate planning and wills is typically associated with planning for death. Sure. Yeah. Um, but what else would you plan for? Your incapacity while oh, you're, you're still incapa- alive. Oh, jeez. Because don't forget, Thomas Coyne may well still be alive, <laughs> but he might not be to, functional yeah, anymore. So he might not be able to make his own choices any longer. Limbs torn right. off. Uh, yeah. Concussions. You don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So if you were still alive, but you were incapacitated and you need somebody else to take over the decision making. And there's decision making for financial or medical decisions. So sure. powers of attorney, even with a living trust, there's incapacity planning power. So sure. When do you start planning really is when do you have things that might need to be taken care of if you aren't okay anymore? If you have bank accounts, who can sign on them if you're sick? If you have kids, you know, who's going to take care of them if something happens to you? So I can speak to my own experience and 20 years of practice. My clients range in age from 25 to 97. You have a 25-year-old? Now, is a 25-year-old ill or just really, really scared of stuff? Uh, very proactive. Proactive, right. Oh, okay. oh is that Bought a is house, that what you told them? Has, ha- <laughs> has stocks and investments. Oh, wow. And so a 25-year-old realized- who bought a house and has stocks and investments? That's somebody living better than you and me. No question. Yeah. And me. It's a cat. That's what it is. It's not a cat. It's a cat. <laughs> it's not. They got everything from go. the rich woman. And now, you know, Sarah, honestly. Um, you know, the Aristocats is kind of a minor film in the Disney canon. That's not true. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. It was a it was a Jaja Gabor vehicle. Yeah. Okay. Then it's not minor. I stand corrected. All right. Now, so what Paula, kinds you of, have wills, right? I do have a will, and I have to tell you, when I first made out a will, I remember I my attorney kept referring to what you have as your largesse. And then he said to me, would you mind if I called it your small jazz? Because I have, uh, I, to this day, I don't have very much, but then I had almost nothing. And, uh, but I, inc- <laughs> I, I had not met Merit Tyler Moore at that time in my life, and yet I left a ping pong table to her because I just loved the idea of me dying and someone going to Merit Tyler Moore's house and saying, you know, Miss Moore... Where do you want uh, the ping pong table? Yeah, you know, uh, Paul Powstone has <laughs> left you a ping pong table. Did you ever tell Mary Tyler Moore that? Yeah, she took a small step away from me. Really? 
Because uh, that's all she took, really, was small yeah, step. So a small yeah. step, yeah. As you know, now, at that point, she was yeah, quite, quite, quite strong. One of the things that my lawyer told me, and you tell me if this is correct, um, is that uh, in these kinds of situations, if things aren't determined, uh, they were saying like that people come out of the woodwork to what? fight over this stuff. Have you had that? Hey, Paula, it's been almost a year now since I got my Helix mattress. And as you remember, there was some drama surrounding Helix mattresses. Because oh, when oh Helix gosh. first sponsored us, Bonnie took the mattress and yeah. she's been loving it. But finally, I got my chance to get a Helix mattress and I sleep so well. I mean, the family bed is where we all gather. We watch movies in, in our room occasionally and everybody just piles on it and it it's comfy. And yet when one person hops on, the other half of the mattress doesn't fly up. I'm a fan. Well, you know, Adam, everybody is unique and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. Models with memory foam layers to provide optimal pressure relief if you sleep on your side. Models with a more responsive foam to cradle your body for essential support in stomach and back sleeping positions plus enhanced cooling features to keep you from overheating at night. And if your spine needs some extra TLC, they got you. Every Helix mattress has a hybrid design combining individually wrapped steel coils in the base with premium foam layers on top. It is the perfect combination of comfort and support. I agree with that last bit. I don't get all the technical stuff about the mattress, but it is soft and supportive. Helix offers 20 unique mattresses, the award-winning Lux, which I got, and ultra-premium Elite Collections, the Helix Plus, a mattress designed for big and tall sleepers, and the Helix Kids mattress designed for growing bodies and endorsed by child sleep experts, and my daughter now wants one. So, how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? You go to their website, take the Helix Sleep Quiz, and you find your perfect mattress batch in under two minutes. You know, when you said you can't follow all the technical stuff, it's really not that technical. You know, uh, no matter what way you sleep, they have a mattress that will support and comfort you. How hard is that? Uh, you know, when you say it that way, it seems a lot simpler. I take it back. That's my boner. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door, free of charge. And Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10- to 15-year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Well, I like that there's a warranty, but they can pry that mattress with my cold, dead hands. I took the sleep quiz. I was matched with the Helix Midnight Lux. I got the Lux. And I love it. It is such an upgrade from my old mattress. You know, I think Bonnie got the Midnight Lux. She did. Too. Yeah. You're not here. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to take Adam's word for it? Well, you got Bonnie's word. Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Your Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. That's a lot, and it's already not that expensive a mattress. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet. It's fantastic. It won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Well, not right now. And if you're going to get it anyway, use our code. Hey, Paula, you know, 
Every once in a while, we get a new advertiser that I get super excited about. And I have to say, just because of the circumstances of my life right now, I'm really excited about our new advertiser, Quince of Quince.com, the clothing provider. Not to be mistaken for Quince from Midsummer Night's Dream. And let me just say this, and maybe it's not important to an advertisement, but when I was in the fourth grade, our class put on a production of A Midsummer Night's Dream. Okay. And I played I played Peter Quince. There. There's the connection. One of the mechanicals. That's a great connection. Also, yes, has nothing to do with this, which is that um, Quince is an online clothing store. And as you know, Paula, I've, uh, I've lost a little weight lately. Oh, right. 75 pounds. Yeah. So I literally have no clothes that are in my size until I just ordered some stuff at Quince. And I figured, like, here's a chance for me to create a new look for myself. A whole new image. And how's it going? Not bad. I mean, the clothes are fantastic. I know that you ordered some too. What I got is I got the Comfort Stretch Traveler five pocket pants. And I got the, um, oh, it's so, and I got the 100% European linen shirt and it looks breezy and it fits beautifully. These are like premium pieces of clothing that are selling for like, you know, $30 a piece or starting at $30 at quince.com. It's awesome. I look good. I ordered the brushed lounge jogger and you know i put them on when i came back from new york i pulled them on and i i swear to you okay this is not scientific because i was tired already right but they were so soft (laughs) and and so comfortable that honestly like right as i got them up to my waist i i I think my eyes closed they're so it's a softness it's a kind of softness that I don't think I've ever experienced in a garment, honestly. You know, my uh, drawstring European linen trousers are a little bit like that too. Like so comfortable that I just want to hang out with myself. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're European. Keep that in mind. They're oh, European. they are so European. And you can get those kinds. Of, you can get washable silk tops. You can get uh, 14 karat gold jewelry and like all these accessories. Quince sells a lineup of timeless pieces that keep their customers looking effortlessly chic year after year. I'm not certain that I look chic, but certainly if I did, it's not going to take a lot of effort. I now look chic and I feel pretty great. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabric. It's all good as far as I can see. Is it my imagination or do they cut out the middleman? They cut out the middleman, Paula Poundstone. I love it when they cut out the middleman. That's the thing, they cut out the middleman. That's fantastic. <laughs> so be like me and Paula. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash nobody for free shipping on your order and a 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash nobody to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Nobody. And honestly, I look fantastic. Paula, you won't be able to keep your hands off me. Oh, I can't wait. And don't (laughs) think that if you had to return something, don't think you're sending it to a middleman because they cut out the middleman. They cut out the middleman. That's quince.com slash nobody. And if you're going to do it anyway. Use our code. I mean, woodwork is... A relative term, I would yeah. say. Well, she's talking well, about relatives. It's, in general. Right. Yeah, it's, it's not literal. Right. But, right. Yeah, but I that, mean, if you have uh, legal heirs, so if you have children mm-hmm. and you don't do. name one or two or five of them. If you mean you in have, the will, not right. just not name They're them They're going to come forward and say, I deserve a piece of that. Unless you take proper steps to, to prevent them from being able to make a claim. Now, is it okay, true what that are, you could just... Leave everybody a dollar in your will, and that keeps them from being able to contest the will? 
You actually don't have to leave them anything. But you just have to mention them. You have to mention them, okay. acknowledge that they exist, and then completely intentionally exclude them. Because leaving them nothing or leaving them a dollar isn't really going to deter them from contesting if they're going to contest. So you have to say, you know, I know you're alive, but you're dead to me. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> now, I have what's called a living will. Living trust. I thought it was a living will. Uh-oh. There is such a thing as a living will. What's a living yeah. will? And what's a living trust? I thought it was a thing so that people... I thought the living will was uh, where you tell them to pull the plug so that you don't... Yes. You live on a machine for a long time. That is a living will, but... Okay. But what if no one knows? Like, okay, what if I'm incapacitated? I'm, I'm, I'm somehow unconscious. I'm not able to speak. And no one knows that I had such a document. Wouldn't they at the hospital just keep you alive? I mean, I just shudder at the idea of waking up and seeing people, you know, you, you know what I mean? And and not being able to communicate, you know. So nowadays. Dish, it's in the butter dish. Yeah. So nowadays, if you're in the hospital yeah. and you're not communicative, mm-hmm. yeah. then they will be talking to someone on your behalf to figure out who has authority to make decisions. Is there a health care directive, which is right. the medical power of attorney? And usually... Family members will start looking or they'll call an attorney or they'll find something. Um, and if not, then it's a different conversation that the doctors typically will have with family members. Yikes. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Um, oh. Now, what about a living trust? Is that a little cheerier? A living trust? <laughs> I don't, I don't, no, wait a minute. I don't find any of this uncheery. I, the thought of being incapacitated and, and your relatives pulling the plug is not uncheery to you? No, my relatives pulling the plug is, is very cheery to me. What would not be cheery is to have relatives surrounding me, not able, if me not able to say, no, go away. That would trouble me. Yeah. You know, enough Describes already. every I'm Saturday done. morning at my house. Yeah, 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 you just there in bed, and the kids get away. Yeah, yeah. So, um, no, I, I don't find. Do, do you, Sarah, find your job like a big downer? Not at all. No, she seems chipper. I, I'll, I'll tell the listener, she's Sarah seems very chipper. Well, I would be too if I was the one surviving guest of nobody listens to Paula Pounce. <laughs> <laughs> I put a pep in my step too. Do you, do you, I outlived the survivalist. Do you have Thomas Coyne's account? <laughs> no, because uh, this could be payday <laughs> for you. <laughs> they don't get paid when the, when the. Uh, oh, you don't. You don't get paid, you don't when, get the paid when the planning. You, you get away. yeah. You, you just get paid for planning paid up right. front. Uh huh. Okay, this is something interesting. I've heard this. People say this before. Should you start giving away your money before you're on your way out the door, like before you're dead? Um, I don't recommend that unless there's a specific reason that someone has in mind to do that. Um, what would the specific reason be? I mean, the only thing that I can think of is if they're trying to reduce the value of their estate uh, to avoid estate taxes. But to be honest with you, as of this year, uh, the federal estate tax exemption is $11.2 million, Wow. And there is no state California inheritance tax. So. $11 million. What did it used to be? Uh, 5.6. When I started practicing in 98, it was 600,000. Right. So wait a minute. You're saying this estate, ta- meaning that if you die with less than $11 million There's to no your, estate in tax. your largesse, then no one has to pay any tax. Correct. Yeah. Well, I'd say that I am really in good shape uh, in yeah. that area. You are not at the moment, going to have to worry about the estate tax. My son, when he was about, I don't know, 10 years old or so, he had the nerve to ask me what he gets when I die. And I said, debt, and I want you to have it. And uh, 
Yeah, so wow, I, no one's no one's getting anything when I kick, kind of uh, other than my ping pong table. But you know, to to your question, just really, I, one of the things that people ask a lot is, you know, they have a, a brush with a health scare, they're in the hospital, and I'll get a call. You know, um, I want to put my house in my son's name or in my daughter's name, or right. I want to add them to my account. And, you know, can you help me do that? And I always ask why, and I discourage it, because when you give up control of your assets, you never know what's going to happen. What if that person passes away before you? What if you're not speaking two years from now? And so I have a motto that I tell my clients, you can always give something away, but you can't always get it back. Ooh, well done. Yeah. All right, so uh, let me skip ahead to a question I know is going to be very important to Paula someday. What do you do about animals in your will? Or trust. A trust. Or, or, trust. or, or, or a trust. trust. What's a trust? What's the difference between a will and a trust? So both are documents where you state your wishes about who gets your stuff when you're gone. Uh-huh. Um, the two biggest differences is that if you have a will and you own real estate that's worth $50,000 or more, or you have bank accounts that have a total value of $150,000 or more, with a will, your estate's going to go into probate. And what if does you that ha- mean? That means Isn't that, that that thing that Reagan that, had to have operated on? Prostate. <laughs> oh. Okay. I'm so glad you asked what probate is because yeah. it's probably one of, bo- most, <laughs> one of the most one of the most confused subjects. Yeah. Um, probate does not mean that the state comes in and takes half of everything that you own. Probate is the court supervised process of removing the name of someone who died from the title to an asset and replacing it with the names of beneficiaries. But in California, it's very expensive. The fees are a percentage of the value of your estate, Mm -hmm. and it takes a long time. So people try to avoid probate because they don't want their heirs to have to come out of pocket tens of thousands of dollars just to inherit Oh, to change the name on it. To change the name, right. So, um, but wait a minute. I got confused by something right then. All right. So what's the other thing? The living trust? Yeah, the living trust. So the biggest difference between a will and a trust is that a will causes probate, and a living trust avoids probate because what I always tell clients is if you think of a will as a piece of paper with instructions, but think of a living trust as a box, a container that can hold your assets. Oh. And you put your assets into the trust. You change the title while you're alive. Mm-hmm. And then after you pass away, whoever's in charge of your trust that you appoint can just transfer just it to the, the benefit. They can just, oh, open, open, the they can just open the box. And give it to the recipient. between a will and a living yeah. trust. That's why yeah, it avoids they, probate because oh, there's no title transfer required post-death so wait adam had a good question earlier like if okay what if i had a tortoise or a or a or a uh uh 16 cats or a big bird or 16 cats the clicky bird things yeah with the clicky bird mouth a clicky bird i'm making a hand gesture no one can see because it's a podcast but um genius what if i had a big bird uh uh you know that lives for a long time or i had a tortoise tortoises you know live through like or a lot of cats yeah but my cats aren't gonna live forever you're not gonna leave them anything no, I'm leaving them stuff, but they don't live forever. What if I had a tortoise? Yeah, people people take care of their animals as family members, and they provide for them, and there's different ways to do it. Um, if there are friends or relatives that they know that they're going to charge with the care of that animal if they pass away, um, typically they will assign the pet to that person in the documents and then uh, leave a stipend to go with it. My oh. mom was left $5,000 for the care of her dog. Was that true? Yeah. The huh. dog decided to just take the money and leave. 
Yeah. I already put a tortoise in rehab. I feel I've already... <laughs> you've, done, you've done everything you can <laughs> for that tortoise. I've done everything I could for that tortoise, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, um, Sarah, thank you for your expertise on these life and death issues. Um, Paula, having heard Sarah's expertise, what advice do you have for our listeners in making out their will? What I'm going to do, Adam, is give you a synthesized version, the bare bones, the basics of what I learned from Sarah. Um, Alexi, could I have a little, you know, something behind my synopsis? Ah. Contrary to what you may have heard from your untrustworthy neighbors, the state does not take half your assets when you die. You can't just cross stuff out and write something else in on a will. In most states, you need a notary to change your will. In California, you need two witnesses, a director, and a studio audience. A living trust is like a box with your stuff that one person is instructed what to do with. A will is just a piece of paper which will go to probate, which is a long, expensive court process. And let's face it, eventually the whole goddamn thing will be on an app and Putin and Trump will get whatever you've managed to squirrel away. Oh, and one more thing. The Aristocats is a template of estate planning and therefore required viewing for any good lawyer. Sarah Polinsky has been an estate planner and elder lawyer for over 20 years. She's a co-founder of the nonprofit organization Make a Senior Smile. Sarah, thank you so much for joining us at Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Sarah. So here's where we are, Paula. We uh, we suspect that our second guest, who was supposed to be our first guest, may in fact be no longer with us. He definitely <laughs> he definitely didn't show up. Survivalist Thomas Coyne? Sur- Survivalist Thomas Coyne did not live up to his billing tonight. Uh, oh, my. <laughs> you know what? Not only does nobody listen to Paula Poundstone, but the second guest, who was supposed to be the first guest, didn't even show up. But you know what? The thing is... The reason I wanted uh, him to be here, well, it's many-pronged, but one reason was I really want to know right. what to do if I encounter a bear. Well, I say we go ahead and do the segment as if Thomas Coyne was still with us, or in fact, just with us. With us at yes. all, yeah. And we, we've got we've got a crack staff here in the studio. We've got we got Bonnie. We've we got, got Bonnie, Tony. Tony. We've got we've our got, muscle Ben. We got Jorge. We got Raymond. And they're all staring at their flat things, ready to look stuff up. They're for ready us. to look stuff up. I, right. I'm a guy. I'm, I'm a font of knowledge. Although yeah. bears are not really my specialty, I would think. So now you have encountered a bear in in. I, you think so? I think I encountered a bear. My daughter Tosha and I went backpacking one time, which is this is a part of the reason I have a, a burning desire to know this. Uh, we went backpacking one time, uh, and during the period where we were, you know, where I kept going to the REI buying more and more stuff for the trip, I overheard a customer talking to uh, 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 a bear. Uh, no, talking in the food section of the REI, a customer was talking to a knowledgeable staff person okay. about, you know, what they needed. They needed a bear-proof food holder. And I hadn't even thought about bears until I heard that. And then I turned to the guy and I said, oh, my gosh, do I need a bear-proof food holder? And he said, well, where are you going? And I said, well, the Angelique. Bear country. Angelique. <laughs> <laughs> uh, country bear jamboree. <laughs> I, I, said, I, I, I said, Angelique's forest. He goes, no, 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 you don't need you don't need anything for bears. You don't need shit there. for that. There's right. no bears. Yeah, you'll be fine. Ain't no bears there. Yeah, and then he kind of turned around and went, 
yeah. They slowly faded away. Uh, so we go, uh, and the very first night we arrive at a campsite, and it's just us. We arrive at this campsite, and on the little bulletin board they have there, uh, there's no other campers, but they have uh, uh, posted a uh, a flyer that says, you're in bear country. Yikes. It was kind of scary. Let and me it, say that. I think, I'm starting to think it might be a good thing that Thomas Coyne isn't here, because this is an exceptionally long story. <laughs> I actually arranged it so that <laughs> survivalist Thomas Coyne would not survive, you so that I can how to survive this tale, so that I can tell my lengthy bear story. Let's cut to the bear in the right, story. So it turns out okay. that we were in bear country. Uh, so it says so, you're supposed so to. So pops in the store was completely wrong. So you're supposed to hang your f- stuff. That's what you hang your food. Well, I don't have a rope, and I'm not Will Rogers. So what I do was I took some bungee cords, uh-huh. and I connected them, and I sort of lobbed it over a, a, a branch as far as I could get it, and I tied my food to it. And what it did was it made it sort of bob up and down like a cat toy right at about bear, bear snout hunt. levels, yeah, near this as is, I can this tell. This is terrible woodsmanly conduct here. Yeah, it's amazing. They'll be here. So, But here's the thing. The first night, no problem at all. Right. No bear Nothing. Because we're all good. Bears were probably thinking, well, nobody could be that stupid. That's they said, obviously that a trap. thing bobbing up and down. Right. Yeah, that's a trap. It smells like pop tarts, but I don't think it is. No way. So, all right. So the first night, no trouble at all. Maybe even the next night, no trouble at all. But then the next night, uh, by this time, I we've had no trouble at all. So I'm like, there's no bears bear around country, here. Bear country, country. And I don't see any flyer at the third campsite. So, but we were going home in the morning, and I just didn't want squirrels. There were a lot of squirrels around. I didn't want squirrels eating my Pop-Tarts. So I did a, a, a really, like, really bad outdoorsman thing, which is I brought our backpack with the food into the tent. With you. Right. Yeah. Which you're not supposed to do. No, that even I know that, and Come I don't Come to find out right. you're not supposed to right. do. So about 1.30 in the morning, I wake up to a very loud, like... <laughs> snuffling on the other side of a very thin nylon tent wall. Oh, man. And uh, I'm fairly... It was certainly a loud enough snuffle right. to be a bear. Could have been it was, an asthmatic squirrel. It could have been a fox with a terrible problem. <laughs> like a like, like pulmonary like a, thing. Like a d- deviated septum. Or, yeah, or precisely. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but I think... And, and my daughter Toshi kept saying to me, because we both woke up to it, it was loud. Yeah. And my daughter Toshi kept saying to me, Put your head out the door and see if it's a bear. Wow. She's never really loved me. No. So um, I, I, I was not going to do that. So instead, and, and we were like clinging to each other. We were like, yeah. we look like Laverne and Shirley. Okay. And, and uh, it's an old sitcom. So uh, <laughs> I really had no idea what to do. So what we did, and I found it works, is we sang songs from The Harder They Come. Okay. And uh, because it's a well-known fact, as it turns out, that bears dislike songs of uh, social justice struggle. And so the bear <laughs> went away. Enough. Okay. Yeah. The alleged bear went away. And then at a, and we eventually, our hearts, you know, went back into our flannel shirts and, and we uh, laid down and went to sleep again. And then we were woken up again at about 3.30 by... I assume the same same bear, bear, right. and uh, thinking that they must be out of protest songs at this point. Exactly, yeah. exactly, and uh, they're like, "Not the Woody Guthrie," <laughs> and uh, so the second time we did it with uh, hand claps, 
And and, and again, it also made the bear the, go away. The bear went away because they don't like any kind of any kind of percussion. You don't like, know uh, anything about bears. I, of course, I. What are you kidding? Have you ever encountered a bear? I've never encountered a bear. Okay, That's well, how I good did. I am. I encountered a bear. And right. so I do know they don't like any kind of percussion. Like they don't like finger symbols. That could be true. It is true. We we could ask Thomas Coyne, but apparently yeah. he got eaten by some kind of North Hollywood bear. Yeah. So now what I okay what I later found out is um, that there's two different things. Because the next time I went backpacking, I asked more bear questions. Sure. But um, could somebody <laughs> could somebody look there? There's two. It depends what kind of bear. Yeah. Let me try to add some clarity. Our understanding. Add clarity. Yeah. No. No. I, I mean. What do you mean, add cl- How much more crystal clear? I, I guess I just want to hear tell. the sound of my you own voice You already can't here. tell if there's a window or just air there. I was so clear. <laughs> you're so clear. Um, apparently, there's two very different sets of things you're supposed to do um, if you encounter a grizzly bear or a black bear, which, as I understand it, are the two most dangerous kinds of bears, excepting polar bears who don't show up really in these parts. Well, they so will soon they because will we've soon. taken their environment we've away. We've taken their environment away. And they'll show up and they'll move into yeah. our neighborhoods. Yeah, but, yeah. you um, take so out if, a popsicle, you're going to find a polar bear waiting to sit on it. One of them you're supposed to like not make yourself small. Black bear. Black bear. For the Thank black, you, bear. My, my, black bear. My, black bear. Black bear. You make yourself big. Production right? uh, partner Bonnie Burns. You, and you, found you don't. Her you don't. Thing, uh, black you bear. don't turn away either, do you, Bonnie? No. With, so with a black bear. Yeah. You f- you s- sort of square off. You with embiggen them, yourself and you yeah. make yourself bigger. Right. And uh-huh. what do you do for a grizzly bear, Bonnie? Curl up in a ball, pretend to be dead, and cover your vital areas. Okay. Your vital areas. You curl up in a ball. I think that's really a matter of opinion. Well, yeah. But you're going to have to yeah. make like the choice. Like for me, yeah. my biceps. I'm kind of proud of my biceps. Right. You see, I'm going <laughs> to cover my abdomen and everything below it. Yeah. 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 So pretty much The your... parts I can't live without and the parts I don't want to live without. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so, yeah. You're like, no bears. So a grizzly, you curl so up in a really ball. So you're really concerned that a bear is going to take your penis? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah. So let me just unscrew that device. There we go. I, I don't know. And I, then the bear toddles away with like, look, look, look at what I got. Look what I got. Yeah, it's it's totally possible. It's plausible. Yeah. And what? the other bear's like, what is that? A pacifier? No. No, it's a human no. penis. For God's sake. Look at the size of it. Yeah. What is that? What is that? A Dakota ring? No. 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 Look at the size. I get of one it. of these every summer, and you guys never know what it is. What? Did you go to the doctor's, that little balloon? No! All right, so... All right, so we've solved so, that without no, Thomas Coyne. No, well, I'll tell you something. This, yeah. But the problem that I have, and what I would have liked to ask Thomas Coyne, if he could have showed up... Uh, we don't know he's okay, so yeah. let's not be, right, let's let's be sensitive. Be, all right, I'm being very and, sensitive. Because as we've said many times, this is a rough neighborhood. This is he a rough He might be a survivalist, but this neighborhood easily yeah. could have bested him. And um, although... Uh, Ben, you didn't see anything out on the street, did you? Well, to be honest, I think some people were sketched out by me because I was standing there for like 45 minutes uh, in sunglasses and a baseball cap, just kind of staring out at the street. Okay, so that was scary. Scary and intimidating. We had a guy just standing outside. Yeah, so Thomas Coyne pulled up and he saw Ben, who he had stand outside to keep people safe. Yeah. And he feared him yeah. and, and drove away. I just don't think that people in this uh, neighborhood are used to seeing people standing upright. No, I saw it's, a couple it's guys. It's kind of a stupid standing. and shambly kind of neighborhood. No, I saw a couple guys standing, uh, standing up, upright outside. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Okay. I did, but you know, I, I tell you something. One concern that I have, and I wish that Thomas Coyne was here to answer my question, okay. is um, how do you like? How do you know which 
bear is weird. I, you know, I don't want to do the wrong behavior right? because I, I'm not a bear identifier, which, by the well, way, grizzly is bears, why— I can, I can help you on this a little bit. Yeah. Grizzly bears are what we scientists call very, very big. Like, they're bigger than black—they're like the biggest bear. Are they? Yeah, they're yeah. bigger than the average bear. And black bears are black. Now— Aren't here, grizzly bears black? No, they're brown. Oh, oh come off it. Uh, brown, black? Do you ever—you ever wear pantyhose? And sometimes, you know what? I actually got your reference. And there. sometimes you just can't. You stare at it. You're like, I don't know. Is this brown? Is this black? Once yeah. you've taken the label off, yeah. who knows? And sometimes they're labeled nude, and they're not. And who's no. nude? Are we talking about? Well, precisely, right? Because well, a bear buys a pair of nude pantyhose, they, it's yeah. going to show. It's it's going to. Well, this is why what I've about come a brown out bear? very. I've come out very strong uh, for California for, for California's uh, bear labeling legislation. Um, which is where bears would be required to wear name tags. At all times? Or pennies, yeah. Okay. Uh, or maybe there'd be a nature announcer uh, who would say, hikers, <laughs> please welcome a grizzly bear. <laughs> that would make it easier, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, I guess it would. You know, we were talking the other day about bears, and, and apparently they're, they're thinking of uh, reintroducing grizzly bears to California. You know, it is our state animal. I didn't It's on our it flag. A- but there haven't been grizzly bears in California for quite a while. Uh-huh. Yeah. They were hunted out of existence. And now there are there are always people saying, How are they going to bring them back if they were hunted out of existence? That makes no sense. Advertising mostly. Yeah. 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 No, I mean, they some, exist Some they sort exist of deal, elsewhere. like low, low. Yeah. Uh, you know, bears like, dine free at this stream. Yeah. 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 No, if they were already hunted out of existence, I don't see how you bring them back. Out of existence in California, I should say. In California. Yes, so we're going to go get like Idaho's bears and bring them here? Yes, exactly. There's uh-huh. people who want to like, you know, go up to, you know, the Pacific Northwest and see if they can entice some grizzly bears to resettle. Yeah. Maybe they could do what they did in Grapes of Wrath, which is um, hand up flyers saying that if they come here, there's they, they, work. There's a better life for them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, it's, it's a plan worth trying, maybe. Uh, there's... It's, it's really hard. You know, part of the reason... Part of the reason that I, I didn't think to be afraid of the notion of bears to begin with is... Like, I read to my kids, or I, I did, not now I don't, but I did when they were growing up, the Berenstain Bears right. books. And they all seem so civil, you know? Uh, not real bears, though. They, those are anthropomorphized cartoon bears that we're dealing with with the Berenstain Bears. They, they, Berenstain. They're, they're bears. Yeah. By the way, it's Berenstain. It's Berenstain. Yeah. yeah. It says yeah. it right in the name, though. Right in the bears. name, and yet everybody goes, the, Ber- the Berenstain Bears. Yeah. yeah. No, you're right. It's Berenstain. Yeah, the, we don't even know if they're Jewish. The Berenstains? Yeah. Oh, they're Jewish. Wait, why? Because. Didn't you read that one? The Berenstain Bears? The Berenstain Hanukkah? Celebrate Hanukkah? (laughs) No, I didn't actually see that one. Yeah, yeah. The Berenstain Bears and and Too Much Elijah. All right. Yeah. That was where the little bears went off looking for a long time. Isn't Elijah who hides the, what is it called? That's, That's Passover. Oh, then they're not Jewish. Or they're bad Jews. <laughs> <laughs> they get all the... the it, it does the, explain why one would want to circumcise me, though. Who? A bear. A bear. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, he didn't... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, he's just... I'm just bringing it back he, to the earlier yeah, he conversation. Just, he just twisted yeah. that nozzle right off. Don't and... move. Roar. <laughs> um, so, so did anybody look up brown bears? Like, do we, what do we do in a, in a brown bear attack? Play dead as well. Play dead as well. Oh, so, brown so this bear. is good. Yeah. Um, so I, I'd imagine if, if, uh, Thomas Coyne were here, he might say some witty little rhyming mnemonic device like, 
if it's brown, hit the ground. If it's black, give it no slack. You think he would say that? I, I'm, I'm just trying. I'm, I'm, tr- I'm trying to fill in for our absent and perhaps I deceased think that guest. If, if, he, if he knew that you said he would say that, yeah. he'll never come here. If it's brown, hit the ground works though, doesn't it? If it's it? brown, hit the ground. Yeah, because grizzlies and brown bears are both brown, and the advice, according to our crack staff, is identical: hit the ground and cover up the organs you value most. <laughs> Yeah. No, yeah. But no, 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 no. That's because I, mean, <laughs> I just have to no. point out there's an analogy here. There's an, an analogy. analogy. Right? Oh. You're supposed to treat the bears like you would a person. You're supposed to treat the bears the way you would want to no, be treated. This is a golden <laughs> rule. Right, which is why when Paula walks into the room, I curl up and cover my genitals. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Like black bears, they're saying that you should say, hello, bear. <laughs> Hello, bear. Please go away. I'd Please like go you to go so, away. So, so get nice and big. No, and you, no and you, they're saying that's what you should do is talk what, to what, it. What? Like what? Okay, stranger. this is my manager, Bonnie Burns, and she's <laughs> on some sort of website right now yeah. where she's giving misinformation. You know what that is? That's Russian. That's Russian. <laughs> the Russians are trying to, they're trying to get all the Democrats killed by bears. So that and Trump can be president. It just might work. Yeah, you're supposed to say, hello, bear, could you go away? That's absurd. Well, like no, you it's, would it's, when you met a stranger. I wouldn't go, say, hello, hello, stranger, no, go away. Saying, you say hello, like you greet, you greet it like, hello, bear. And then you could say, would you go away? Could you okay. Please, could you um, please leave? Okay, but, no, but only I, if it's a black yeah, bear. If it's yeah. a brown bear, you curl up. No, but if you say, could you leave, the bear will go, did you say please? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm against the whole talking to bears yeah, thing. I, really I don't really am. like, yeah. yeah. Then the bear's let's, like, let's the bear's like there's a nutter here. on the corner over there near that tree. Um, yeah, the guy with no penis. Crazy. What? <laughs> Look, it's not like I'm going camping again once a bear takes my penis. You I'm not going to be like go. that guy over there. Yeah, but you got to you gotta, you gotta <laughs> face your fears, Adam. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just not going camping anyway. Um, so what we were going to ask him all kinds of questions about, say, like uh, the Revenant. Oh, yeah, the Revenant. I, you know what? What I want to know is, and and maybe he's listening right now. Maybe Thomas Coyne is, is listening and he could uh, um, write me a tweet or something and answer this question. <laughs> What did Leonardo DiCaprio do wrong in his encounter with the bear? In in The Revenant. Yeah. Because what? he was attacked and he was thrashed and he but was torn apart. But didn't that bear just kind of come out of nowhere? Well, it did, but he had a chance to say, hello, bear, wouldn't you please go away? I don't think the Bonnie Burns method is going to work on any bear. But, uh, but uh, you know, I think if, if he turned and went, hello, bear, he still would have been attacked. You know, it's weird. He got like an Academy Award for that. Yeah. And really, mo- he didn't talk that much. No. No, he mostly was just thrashed he by, was, he was, by he, a bear. By and that, the, I think, a bear and the elements, and yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think that was a stand-in. I don't think they really would thrash Leonardo DiCaprio. No, he's, he's no, uh, he's no uh, Tom Cruise, who does all his own stunts, and had he been in The Revenant, he would I have gotten himself... I do all my own stunts, by the way. Right, but you basically don't do stunts. Oh. But Com- it, to the extent that you're ever asked to do stunts, you do. I would do my own stunts. <laughs> yeah, let me tell you, like yeah. here on Nobody Listens to Apollo Poundstone. Yeah, I do my own stunts. There's not been a single stand-in since we started recording this. No, thing. no, because I right. do my own stunts. You know exactly. who doesn't do their own stunts on this show? Who's that? Thomas Coyne. Doesn't do his own stunts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, apparently Just he saying. we scared that guy off. Yeah, so um. So let's pretend that we've just had Thomas Coyne on the show and okay. get to the get to the end of this segment. Paula, given all that we've learned from our no show guest today, yeah. what's your advice on what to do if you run into a bear? 
Well. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Can we have a little music from Alexi? Uh, well, if you run into a bear, don't count on Thomas Coyne. <laughs> That's all we got, right? <laughs> Paula, I know you're always out on the road, so what have you got coming up? Believe it or not, tickets for my New Year's Eve show in San Francisco at the Norse Theater have gone on sale. And I'm going to be in New London, Connecticut at the Guard Arts Center on August 10th. You can get all the info at my website, www.paulapoundstone.com. You can even buy my Tri-Poly t-shirts. Tri-Poly blend t-shirts. Tri-Poly blend? It's a Tri-Poly blend. It is remarkably soft. You know, ever since I've started wearing a Tri-Poly blend, which is remarkably soft and quite light, and my t-shirts have a a self-portrait on the left breast and a memorable Paula Poundstone quote on the back. And ever since I've been wearing a Tri-Poly blend, I find two things. I find that my cotton t-shirts feel way too heavy. Oh, interesting. And also that I don't need, um, what's that web, what is the thing people use? Oh, what's the thing where they swipe? The thing with the sex? What? <laughs> you know the thing. The thing that people swipe with the sex? Yeah, the that thing. you no longer need because of your soft t-shirts? Because they, what is the name of that thing? Lubricant? No. <laughs> What are you talking? So you don't have to lube up to get into your shirts anymore? No, no. People think no, people the, swipe they, the sex. No, they don't swipe. It's, they find, it tells you who you can have sex with that's in your immediate area. Oh, you're talking about the app. It's Tinder. Yeah, ever since I've had those shirts. I don't need Tinder. <laughs> wow, I'm glad we went all the way over to there. <laughs> Paula, while we're shamelessly promoting here, let's share with our listeners how Maximum Fun works. Okay. It's like public radio in that... You become a supporter of Maximum Fun at a level you wish. Any level you wish. So if you like a show, though, you can specifically donate money directly to it. So you go, you you say, I want to be part of Maximum Fun, and it's because of this show. I like that. Yeah. Please give us a good review on Apple Podcasts. And please subscribe. Yeah, subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your particular podcasts. It's going to give you that special feeling. You just catched that from some public radio promo, didn't you? No, I didn't. Yeah. It's going to give you that special special feeling. feeling. Yeah. It's almost like a coffee commercial. Well, and you know, if you decide uh, to become a donor at a $5 level, we don't give you anything at all. (laughs) We show you a picture of a tote bag. Exactly. (laughs) Well, Adam, I hope people out there have been listening. Are you listening out there? I hate to break it to you, but nobody listens to Paula Poundstone. Our show is hosted by Paula Poundstone and yours truly, Adam Felber. Produced by Paula Poundstone, Adam Felber, Bonnie Burns, and Ken Lezebnik, along with Tony Anita Hull. Technical direction by Ray Horseman. Special thanks to tonight's house band, Alexi Cheveluk. And to our guest, Thomas Coyne, who did not show up. (laughs) And Sarah Polinsky, who did. You're our favorite guest tonight, Sarah. Muscle to escort one of them back to their car is provided by Ben Lezebnik. Thank you, Ben. <laughs> and please tune in next week when we come to you from Helsinki. Not true. You'll, you'll get to hear Adam deny that he ever meddled in the voting for our theme song. <laughs> That's true. The voting for our theme song is completely secure, and the fact that I pitched a song doesn't mean that the 27,513 votes it received were fake news. That's our show for tonight. Won't somebody please listen to me? Did you say something?
This episode of Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone is dedicated to the memory of Thomas Coyne. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.